Welcome to episode 300 of Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Carrie Webb, and for the next hour, I'll be transporting you back in time as we review the most memorable moments in Category 5 TV history. You'll learn how this team of volunteers has worked hard to bring you this tech broadcast every week. And you'll see just how far we've come in the last 300 episodes. So get the popcorn, gather your family around for what promises to be an exciting trip down memory lane. This is Category 5 Technology TV. EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com Thanks for joining us. I'm your host for this evening, Carrie Webb. And this is a very special night in the studio because as hard as it is to believe, this is episode 300. A lot has happened in the past 300 episodes. Um, from, from working from episode one until now, we've had a lot of fun doing it. From uh, the friends we've made and our loyal viewers to the dedicated group of volunteers that it takes to bring this show to you um, over the past 300 weeks. It's been an incredible ride so far. So when Robbie Ferguson started this show in 2007, he had actually already been doing screencasts for a couple of years prior to that, having started his first broadcast just a couple of months after YouTube began. And in 2006, he refined his focus, demonstrating unique features of the Linux operating system, which has been growing by leaps and bounds since he started using it in 99. In this early clip, recorded in September 2006, Robbie demonstrates the Cube operations on Ubuntu's fourth release, Dapper Drake. He was using the 686 SMP kernel before 64-bit was practical, as well as XGL with Compiz before the Compiz barrel split. Tonight's show is brought to you in part by Netflix, all you can watch TV and movies, absolutely free for one month, no strings attached, no commitments. Get your free month of Netflix by visiting cat5.tv slash Netflix. The very first episode of Category 5 Technology TV, we used this webcam that I'm going to bring up from the grave. Wait till you see this bad boy. I love it. It brings back memories. I'll hold it up so y'all can see. Um, so it was actually on Tuesday, September 25th in 2007, and there were five live viewers. And on that episode, Robbie talked about, uh, actually Robbie demonstrated how to install an early version of the PC Linux OS and Barrel 3D. You can see my screens here kind of uh, in front of me. And basically what I can do is I can spin these screens around in a 3D virtual world. And you can see basically I've got one desktop, two desktops, three desktops, four desktops. And what this does for me, Phil, is this gives me the opportunity, if you've ever used an operating system with a flat um, desktop, uh, like just one screen, you, you realize that 
um, it can get very cluttered with applications down in the taskbar. Things just get absolutely, you know, if you're if you're a productive user, if you're a web developer or a programmer, you know that you've always got to have a lot of programs open at the same time. That can be a real hassle if you're running one of those desktops. So with the 3D operating system, with the 3D desktop, um, you're able to spin that around, throw something else up on another desktop, and it's basically like if you've got four desktops, it's, it's almost uh, akin to having four different computers. Uh, so you can just load things up, and with virtualization technology, which we're going to be introducing next week into this new computer that we're working on, uh, you can actually have multiple operating systems on the different sides of the desktop. So, for example, you can use the Linux operating system for your web surfing, your email, and your MSN, and programs like that, um, so that you're not susceptible to viruses, so that you're not uh, going to have to worry about spyware and adware and having to buy into uh, licenses for antivirus products and things like that. But then you can spin around that cube, and have a nice Windows XP desktop up there so that you can run the programs that you want to run if you need Photoshop, say for example, that will, you know, that can be run natively in Linux, but you may prefer to run it directly in Windows. So that gives you that opportunity. Wow, things have changed a lot since the first episode on Category 5. But then again, this was never originally intended to grow to this scale. Robbie Ferguson operated his own IT company for many years. Um, he's always been really keen on providing excellent service to people, but as a small company, it was becoming increasingly difficult for him to provide free advice. People would call him for free advice and not intend on paying him for it. So he used Category 5 in its first season as a platform to offer free support at a pre-specified time, so Tuesday nights at 7 p.m., and that way he could have that allotted time to give the support that he wanted to and not have it take away from his paid work. The only episode that's ever been lost on Category 5 has been Episode 11. So that means that 299 episodes have been archived. Um, it was on December 4th, 2007, only 11 weeks after Robbie started the show, and the broadcast computer actually crashed, and only six minutes of that show were able to be recovered after the fact. Uh, Robbie realized at that point that he needed a more redundant recording option, and uh, he immediately began working on new recording process, which since that time, he has never lost a single episode. Tonight's show is brought to you in part by AdZerk.com, the next generation in ad serving. If you've got a website, why not monetize it? AdZerk will help with the world's fastest asynchronous banner ad code. Check out AdZerk.com. So on April 8th, 2008, Robbie ventured into the community of Barrie to demonstrate the quality, the noise the quality of the noise cancellation feature of the then new uh, Jawbone Bluetooth headset, which Alif sent him after finding him online. Um, with the help of his friend Tyler Steingard, who I'm sure some of you uh, remember from season one, he drove around town uh, with a, in a van with a busted catalytic converter, stopping at local businesses to demonstrate the product. So you should be able to hear that you can still hear my voice loud and clear, but you're not going to hear that muffler noise anymore. Let's switch back to the camera just so you can see I haven't touched the, the engine at all. Here we are at Juice, getting our Mango Magic. Yeah. So is 
how this is done? Okay. Alright. So I'm just going to bring That looks really good, actually. Mm. This is the advantage to doing these kind of reviews. There we go. Is that all the noise you can make? Come on, the jawbone can do better than that. Okay. Good, good. So here I am with the jawbone headset. You can hear, now let's switch back to the camera so you can hear what's actually going on here. Can you hear me now? <laughs> so that jawbone episode is was our first viral video on YouTube. Um, it quickly climbed the charts on YouTube, which meant a lot of more a lot more exposure and a lot more opportunity for people to um, find out about the show. Countless new viewers praised the quality and extensiveness of the review and claimed that it was that review that caused them to buy the product. So. Uh, this pleased the manufacturers and they actually uh, were able to give us product giveaways, sponsorships, uh, and advertising, which all brought um, more new viewers to the show. Within weeks of our Jawbone review, Category 5 viewership skyrocketed to over 30,000 unique viewers per episode. So contrast that to episode 1 that only had 5 viewers, 30,000 was amazing. As the summer of 2008 progressed, Robbie began preparing for the first anniversary show. He wanted to host it at a local venue and invite people to a live studio audience, but he knew that he wouldn't be able to do the camera switches and host the show at the same time. So that's when I got a call. Robbie and I are both musically inclined and actually met through uh, a youth program that was run at a local church. So Robbie was tasked um, with assembling a youth music group and um, he asked me to play the bass guitar for him so that's how it got started needless to say uh, Robbie was looking for someone that he knew would be comfortable on stage in front of people um, and he asked if I'd be willing to help him with his first anniversary show. So it would involve me walking around with a microphone, uh, letting people ask their questions, um, which would be keeping in line with the Q&A nature of the show. But he didn't want to just throw me in there, hoping that I'd swim. So the first step was to invite me here to co-host on a live show. Needless to say, I was so nervous that first episode. I was sweating bullets, but Robbie was very helpful and you were all very gracious to accommodate. Um, so on that episode, Robbie reworked the studio to accommodate for a co-host uh, and actually incorporated this bad boy, the NT1, and hung it down in front so that we could be heard. Just about like that. Um, this became Studio B and on August 19th, 2008, I made my debut as uh, the first co-host on Category 5 Technology TV. That night we looked at an earlier version of a piece of Linux software called DVD, uh, demonstrating how to fit several videos onto a DVD. I was able to help out with the chat room and by this point it was pretty active because the viewership had increased to about 40,000 viewers per episode, which was amazing. 
it was incredible to see um, that so many people at that time were tuning into the little show that was being broadcast from Robbie's basement. And it was at that time that I really realized that this was a real community and there are real people benefiting from the show. Here's a clip from my first appearance on Category 5 Technology TV. And Chris said that he reviewed your episode for making DVD using DVD. And uh, he said that halfway during the tutorial, didn't finish it, and he would like you to uh, uh, to finish that up for him. Okay, yeah. First of all, Chris, if you are joining us live, good to have you here. Uh, if the power goes out, I will understand, but you can watch the show after the fact as well at Category5.tv. Uh, that's kind of funny because Carrie is here specifically to nudge me when I, uh, you know, slip off topic. What Chris was saying there is that uh, in the previous time that we looked at, uh, at DVD, D-E-V-E-D-E, -E -E, uh, the software for burning DVDs, uh, I ran into a problem where I got sidetracked and never came back to it. So, um, so she's going to keep me on track. Speaking of that, you're supposed to nudge me right now and say, okay, move on, move on. Let's take oh, a look yeah, at DVD. On. Yeah, all right. Tonight's show is brought to you in part by NetTalk Duo. Now with unlimited text messaging. Eliminate the need for a wireless text plan from your cell phone provider. Upgrade your NetTalk Duo account with the NetTalk text plan. Check out cat5.tv slash phone and start saving money today. Five weeks after I first appeared on Category 5 Technology TV, uh, we moved to the Sheba Shrine Center in Barrie, Ontario, where we held the first anniversary show. And just as Robbie had intended, it was before a live studio audience. And we, great, we gave away a ton of great prizes, and many of, many of them were from international companies that had seen us online. And in fact, many of these companies still advertise with us today, having seen incredible growth in the number of viewers that watch the show. Let's check in on episode 53. Here we are at the first anniversary celebration of Category 5 Technology TV. I uh, installed Entropia Universe. I got it from you. All right. And, uh, and I got in, created my character. I think he was featured on the show. Awesome. Um, was he Philly in the, the unsimilar? Or something? Oh, yeah. Carrie, <laughs> yeah. Carrie mentioned him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, apparently they can't hear me. Um, when I got into the game, all I could see was beige. So I don't know if that's a, a graphics mm. card thing, but what would I have to do to fix that? I so was it just your characters that were gray? I couldn't see anything except the color beige. Like it was just, just a blank. I could hear people like blah, 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 blah. people talking, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. It was just beige. I could see the little chat window in the bottom left. Yeah, yeah. Just beige. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, I haven't encountered that. What kind of video card do you have? I, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's using the ATI beige card. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it definitely sounds like a graphics card issue for me. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna like I'll get you to, to actually get it, like get into your computer. Right click on your my computer. Okay. Okay. Choose um, properties and then tell me um, or or actually quicker way. Right click on your desktop. Yeah. Go properties yeah. and that's gonna bring up like your screen settings. Click on uh, on se uh, settings, or yeah, you'll find one of the tabs there. Will show you uh, the name of your graphics card. I'm gonna bet that it's probably something that's not too uh, not not gonna meet the minimum system requirements. Guessing if all this is beige, that's a bad sign. Yeah. So <laughs> so we may need to upgrade that video card, and okay. that's something that we can you can add a card to the computer to be able to do that. And how much does that run? Like how much does that cost? It depends like on what kind of baseline. Yeah, you're looking at uh, like an NVIDIA 7600 would be, and the reason I say that is because you're going to be able to find it for both AGP and PCI Express, so depending on what kind of uh, interface your motherboard has for that graphics card. 
um, that's the type of plug that you'd plug it into. Okay. Okay. Cool. So the, I'm going to recommend a, a 7600, which is going to run you about uh, between 90 and 110 dollars, somewhere okay. in that range. Okay, and that's a graphics accelerator that's going to get you through for quite some time. You'd even be able to run some of the cool effects that we saw here if you had Linux. Like it's 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 that good. So, and if you have PCI Express, uh, which we can only determine by like looking up your motherboard, um, then we can also go as high as like if you want to still stay within the price bracket, like pretty cheap, uh, for about 120 or 130 dollars, we can get a 7950, which is going to give you even better performance from an NVIDIA card. Right on. All right. Okay, thanks. But that's, I'll, I'll almost guarantee you that it's the video card. Yeah. Like maybe you're using integrated video or something like that. Okay. We've always had a great assortment of excellent interviews on Category 5 TV, uh, but one in particular really stands out to me. Not only was it my first time ever using Skype, but on December 9th, 2008, our guest was Mark Shuttleworth. Not only is he a philanthropist and astronaut, he funded his own trip to the International Space Station, He's also the founder of Canonical, the company which makes Ubuntu Linux. Uh, a visionary and all-around good guy, let's hear what Mark had to say about the future of Ubuntu on episode 64 five years ago. The things we strive for in Ubuntu are, are, are ease of use, you know, making it really easy for, um, for any user to get it installed, to, to have access to the, the low-hanging fruit, you know, an easy, easy on-ramp to the web, easy access to, to, to web browsers, email, right. basic office applications, and so on. So um, it, we, we also strain, strive to make it robust and secure and reliable for power users, but fundamentally the, the focus is Linux for human beings, right? Right. And, and speaking of like just kind of the focus of how you program the software, like you've got the server operating system, you've got the desktop operating system, and you had also put a lot of work in with Intrepid with uh, making it work on, on portable laptops and things like that. Uh, very small laptops like the EPC. Uh, kind of, are you keeping on with that direction of having kind of three bases for Ubuntu? Yeah, at least at least that many. And and what I'd also like to have wow. is uh, is, a, is a sort of small small handheld device version as well. Because it, it seems to me that 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 we're moving to a world where your data, your experience of technology, is increasingly out there in the cloud. And uh, you want to be able to access that, you know, from a device in your pocket or from a laptop or from your desktop at home and have access to the same data used in the same way. So if we're able to provide people with that common platform in, in, in future, that would be, be a wonderful thing. As season two progressed, um, we worked really hard to incorporate various local businesses and charities into the show. So on February 17th, 2009, Robbie, Tyler Steingart, and myself traveled to St. John Ambulance in Barrie, Ontario, where we learned how technology was being used to save lives. We reviewed um, how an automated external defibrillator works. And it was really cool at that time I was going to school to be a nurse, so I was able to um, meld my passion for nursing and healthcare and my position on the show. So it was an, a good opportunity for that. And our hope really was that people would use um, the information provided on the show and maybe have the opportunity to save a life one day. Let's look back on that special feature, episode 74, featuring Mia Nagasaki Kelly from St. John Ambulance. This is life-saving technology, the defibrillator. 
So we're here today at St. John Ambulance with Mia. Mia is the AED coordinator for St. John Ambulance. And she's here to talk to us a little bit about how technology is saving lives every day. Um, your heart works by electrical impulses. So there are specialized cells in your heart that trigger the pumping activity by sending these electrical impulses. And most people go by day to day, never giving any thought to this until it stops working. And then it becomes really important to them. So Mia is going to help us understand how to get the heart pumping again using technology. So while somebody is bringing me the defibrillator, I'm checking breathing, I'm doing my two breaths, and I'm starting my CPR until the machine arrives. The machine trumps the person. So as soon as the machine arrives, I stop what I'm doing, I turn on my machine, and I follow the prompts. So first thing I want to check on my casualties, I want to do the ABCs. A, airway. Airway needs to be open and clear. So I do a head tilt, chin lift. So I'm going to tilt the head back, get the tongue off the back of the throat. Then I'm going to B, check for breathing. So I'm going to get down nice and close, check for breathing for 10 seconds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. If he's not breathing, I'm going to give him two breaths. Plug the nose, breathe. Just enough air to make the chest rise. And a second breath. And then I would start go right into CPR, chest compressions, 30 chest compressions, one and a half to two inches in depth. And I continue to do 30 compressions and two breaths until the AED arrives. As soon as the AED arrives, I stop what I'm doing, turn on the machine, and I go from there. Assuming that we've done a little bit of CPR, then we're going to turn the machine on. Begin by removing all clothing from the patient's chest. Cut clothing. All machines needed. come with a little bag, and then you dump out your little bag, and it has everything that you need. So you might need to have some scissors to cut the clothes. When the patient's chest is bare, remove protected cover and Got take some out gloves. white adhesive pads. And a mask to protect myself. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I would then uh, dry the casualty. If the casualty is, is um, very when hairy, I need to shave him first and then dry. Protective cover and take out white adhesive pads. So I follow the prompts, remove the cover, take out the pads. Place pad exactly as shown in the picture. Press firmly to patient's the bare skin. The pad has a picture. It shows me exactly where I need to put it, so I follow what the picture when tells me. the pad is in place, look carefully at the picture on the second pad. Peel the second pad from the yellow plastic liner. Place pad exactly as shown in the picture. Press Again, firmly to picture. patient's bare skin. No one should touch the patient. So we need to move back. Analyze I'm clear. It. We all need to be clear. Ideally, we'd like to be a good 12 inches away. So we're no all clear. Okay. Don't touch the patient. Stand clear. Analyzing. Shock advised. Stay clear. Okay. So we're going to get ready to shock. I'm going to push the button, but before I push it, I must confirm no delivered. one's near. Shock Don't touch now. him. I'm going to shock. Press Shocking now. Shock delivered. Shock delivery. Be sure emergency medical services have been called. We called already, so we're good. Touch the patient. Begin CPR. So keeping in mind, I originally signed up to do only the first anniversary show with Robbie. I did stick around for quite a while. Uh, I took some time off during my undergrad, about 10 weeks, and then came back for a while. Uh, but on June 13th, 2009, I had to say farewell, farewell to the viewers and volunteers here at Category 5 in order to pursue my career. 
It's not going to be the same without you actually on camera every week. So yeah, it's going to be weird. Yeah. But totally send me emails. I got a few. Um, I got one actually from another nurse in the UK. Really? Yeah. That's we neat. Were, yeah, she was talking to me. Or, um, yeah, they were. This was a viewer. A, a viewer. Yeah. Yep. Just talking about nursing and uh, about the cool. show, and so I've gotten a few emails. But if you want to send me one, that would be awesome. I I do <laughs> respond. So. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. That was an awesome set of clips. And I forgot Nothing. about some of that stuff. Yeah, me too. I mean, going through that stuff um, just really brought back a lot of great memories and yeah. just some great times that we've had on the show. So I think that we've really, uh, you know, just gotten along really well. It's been lots of fun. It's been so, so fun. It was really bittersweet leaving Category 5 at that time. Not only had I grown to appreciate the work that Robbie was doing, but also the online community that was here. For example, um, I was sick one time and someone sent me a gift card. One of the viewers, you sent me a gift card. Who does that? That's the type of community that's here um, on Category 5. So what was it like working with Robbie? It was both entertaining and challenging. Um, I felt that I really learned a lot from him. I just had to come to the show with an open mind and a computer thesaurus, uh, but he really um, helped me to learn a lot about computers. And it was wonderful to get to know his growing family. Um, and I was challenged and, and encouraged to see how much time Robbie actually gladly poured into making this show what it is. Christy Burton is a longtime friend of Robbie's. They actually met when Robbie was a midday DJ and Christy was the news announcer uh, at a local radio station. Um, having left that job to take on his own business full time, Christy and Robbie still t stayed in touch. And I also knew Christy as well at that time. So with Christy's background in um, broadcasting and an already established rapport with Robbie and me, Christy filled in a few times during my tenure on the show, and uh, it was January 27th of 2009 when she made her first guest appearance. Once I left, she was quick to step in and take over my seat as the regular co-host. Christy took over my position on Category 5 TV beginning July 21st, 2009, and that episode began Robbie's quest to uh, find the best storage solution for viewers wanting to build an expandable storage device, which was also affordable. Hmm. So you've heard me talk about um, data backup solutions on the show, because it's important to have a backup of your files. That's, that should be obvious, right? Well, yeah, some of Carrie us had a haven't got around to it yet. You too, huh? I, you know what, what? is it it's, with co-hosts? It's too much trouble. Every is time it? I try, yeah, it keeps spitting out the discs and now saying you, not enough room. And, what are you and, doing? And You're trying like to do it on just, CDs? Yeah. Hmm. I tried DVDs. I mean, I, you yeah. know. And you're trying to back up like your whole hard drive kind of thing or what? Yeah. 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 And so I, one time I got up to files, 14 discs, and then I had to go out oh. somewhere. So then I just gave up. Can you imagine? Yeah. And that would be <laughs> such a waste of discs too. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, a good thing to do if you're going to be doing that kind of backup is just grab like your crucial files. So like your my documents, mm. back those up, mm. but not your whole hard drive. But I, I have um, photographs. Like I, one yeah. of the things I do is I'm a photographer, so I, I have saved like hundreds of photographs, and, and it takes forever. And right. and videos, mm -hmm. especially. So have you thought about like external hard drive things like that? Something yeah, that's a they want larger? money for those. I know, isn't that the worst <laughs> thing? But then you know, so there's there's backup solutions, which, as Christy says, can be in, it, it can be kind of. 
eh, time consuming, mm -hmm. hard to remember. Sometimes it's just frustrating. So I just take a chance and hope that, uh, actually, you know, I should know better because uh, I had a lightning strike on my last computer and yeah. some s there was a bang and some smoke and I had to get a new computer. So you'd think that I'd learn, but, um, you know, when you're kind of technically challenged. So did you lose you stuff at that point? I lost everything. Yeah. That's tragedy right there. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, see, uh, and this is why, you know, I talk about the, the importance of backups. But I know it can be, you know, especially for home users and stuff, you get, it's like, well, when do you run it, you know? And how do you run it? And if you're using CDs, then that's, that's you know, that would just be so time consuming. And did it work? Who knows? Let's find out when your hard drive crashes, right? So one of the alternatives to backing up, and this doesn't, this doesn't work for off-site stuff, but something that will help to prevent data loss in the case where a hard drive fails, and we've talked about hard drive uh, failures and having to send our drives away to data recovery specialists, and that can be pricey. Um, one of the things that we can look at is redundant data storage. So what that is in, in its simplest form is say we have two hard drives connected at the same time, and your computer thinks that they're one. So anytime you save a file, anytime you import your pictures from your digital camera, they get saved on two independent hard drives. I mean, you don't have to actually copy them. You're just saving it to one. So it could be your C drive, right? Hmm. Or just your whatever mount point in Linux. So that gives you redundancy. Uh, John is, is, is right in saying that that's not a backup. It's not. But it gives us redundancy so that in a case where a hard drive fails, you've got a second hard drive that has that data on it. That's in right. the simplest form. That's, that's called RAID 1, uh, hmm. where you've got two hard drives. But it's not always ideal, and, it's, and it's, it is a case where well, what happens if there's a fire? What happens if there's, you know, something like a lightning strike that yeah. takes out everything in your computer and that second hard drive is done anyways? Yeah. But in a case where it's a hard drive failure, and I've had enough hard drives crash in my time th mm -hmm. to know that it's important to have uh, redundant copies of my files. Mm. The nice thing about redundant file systems or redundant hard drives is that essentially, in, in many cases, if one hard drive fails, you can keep working using just the other one. And then you just, you know, as quickly as possible, you get a, that old failed drive out and put in a new drive to replace it so that you get that redundancy again. Hmm. So that's, uh, that's something that's really nice. I had a client that, uh, who called us in because they were having some trouble with their server running the backups. And, and sure enough, get in there, and the, the one hard drive had been failed for, like, almost two weeks. Oh, that's funny. So what's well, not. It could have been really, really dangerous, right? Sure. Because here they are running a, a, an entire business on their server with one hard drive, but the point uh, that I made to them was that you're, because they were asking, well, do we really need to replace the second hard drive? Do we really need that? And I said, look, this redundancy is what saved you. The, whole, yes. the last two weeks that you've been working on this one hard drive is because of that redundant setup that you had, and that's in this most basic form. So the fact that you've been able to work for the past two weeks, the fact that you didn't lose any data is because of that redundancy. So is there any warning um, to let you know that it's on your backup system? Well, in a RAID environment, you're going to know if a hard drive has failed, as long as you've got a good enough card with an interface that warns you, right? Just like mm -hmm. any, uh, it will actually tell you that a hard drive has failed, mm. right? Because I'd need one of those. I wouldn't be able to tell <laughs> otherwise. Yeah, you'd, and you'd have to keep an eye on it. Some of them have also, like, little lights at the front. Mm. It'll be green if it's good and red if it's bad. Mm. It can be that simplistic, too, right? Mm. So... 
as far as data redundancy goes, I'd be interested in hearing in the chat room what uh, what people are doing, if anything, to oh. to uh, take care of their redundant data storage needs. And we're not talking about servers. We're not talking about um, you know big bucks uh, systems. What we're talking about is like my home computer. Just knowing that my family photos are safe. Just knowing right. that you know the the thousands of photos that I've taken with our digital cameras since my wife and I were married eight years ago. Well, what would ever happen if I lost all those? Right. That'd be devastating. Mm -hmm. And these days, you don't even really print them a lot. You you print you know the occasional photo, but for what it's worth, they to be honest, they're mostly just on my hard drive. So interested to hear in the chat room, category five TV, what uh, what you're doing for redundant data storage. After much consideration and lots of research, Robbie actually built an Unraid server on episode 103 and he went over the step-by-step -step procedure on how to build it, explaining why he chose Unraid over other available options. So yes, he built a computer. That was the sound of my mind blowing. Uh, and I know I'm going to get the question, what chassis is this? Because people will see the video and say, hey, that's pretty cool for this. Uh, and I'll tell you, I don't know. I looked on the web, I tried to find it out for you, but I couldn't. It's an old hard, uh, old chassis, so I'm sure that uh, if it's available, it's not going to be available new. So, so that said, I'll tell you what I do like about this chassis and why I selected it, so that when you're shopping for a chassis, if you're buying, uh, if you're going into a store and actually buying a new chassis, or if you're looking on the web, here are some of the things that I like about this chassis for what we're doing. First off, it has drive trays. It's nice and easy to uh, insert and remove these drives. It's toolless, so you don't actually need to screw your drives into a, a cage. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And you'll see that it actually holds five drives right out of the box. Uh, it's kind of cool because it actually has a carrying handle up at the top. So in the case of, you know, say a fire or an alien invasion, you can just grab that thing, shut it down, and walk out the door. traditional RAID, UNRAID is going to allow us to use multiple different size hard drives. Just make sure that the biggest one becomes your parity drive. In the case of my stack of random drives, my largest drive is a 750 gig, so that's going to become my parity drive. Everything else will become data drives. To really simplify what a parity drive is without getting too technical and without being 100% accurate, basically what it does is it allows for your drives to have redundancy. So if disk one were to crash, you have the data still on your parity drive essentially. So then when you replace disk one, your uh, parity drive then refreshes the, uh, the new drive and the data is not lost. And subsequently, if you were to lose your parity drive, you can replace the parity drive and then your parity drive would be rebuilt from the data drives. And incidentally, that server is still in operation today nearly four years later. So it turned out that going with an Unraid server was a very good long-term option.
This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host for this evening, Carrie Webb. Uh, you'll find our website at www.category5.tv. And I encourage you to actually jump to the bottom of that page and take note of the mailing address, which is Category 5 TV, P.O. Box 29009, Barrie, Ontario, L4N7W7. And consider picking up a postcard this week and dropping in the mail to wish um, the volunteers here congratulations on reaching 300 episodes. So April of 2009 saw another influx of new viewers because Robbie um, had recorded a video of the Spirit of Community which actually became included in the Ubuntu distribution CD for Jaunty Jackalope, the official Ubuntu release. Millions of people saw this video, um, many because it became included in their Ubuntu Linux installation, but others in fact uploaded the video to their YouTube channels, leading more and more people to track down Category 5 TV uh, in an effort to find out what this guy was actually talking about. Hey, my name's Robbie and I'm the host of a popular internet TV program called, sorry I promised myself I wasn't going to say it because I don't want to get the wrong idea and think this is an advertisement. So then you'd ask, well, why am I here if it's not? Well, my show gets about 40,000 viewers per week, and we find that a lot of the viewers actually use Ubuntu Linux. So since 2007, when we founded the broadcast, it, we've seen it evolve into a support forum for Ubuntu Linux. So you may ask, why is this relevant? Well, here's the thing. I'm not at all affiliated with Ubuntu, but I am an Ubuntu user. So I want to express to you that as you're installing Ubuntu, potentially for the first time, you're not just installing one of the best Linux operating systems, you're also becoming a part of this community. Now there's myself and thousands of others like me who have made it their mission to make your transition to Ubuntu Linux the best experience it can possibly be, because we believe in that community. While I believe you're going to have a lot of fun and really enjoy Ubuntu Linux, there are over 65,000 active members of the Ubuntu forums. Many of those people are like me. They're here to help, here to answer your questions or help you with difficulties that you may run into, but most of all, here to help you enjoy and get the most out of Ubuntu Linux. On behalf of myself and the entire Ubuntu community, I want to welcome you to Ubuntu Jaunty Jackalope. This truly is the spirit of community. This is the spirit of Ubuntu. December 8, 2009 marked another milestone for Category 5 history uh, as the broadcast systems were upgraded from their makeshift camera switching utilities to a professional broadcast suite, Telestream Wirecast. This product propelled Category 5 into the next era of its broadcasting with higher quality video, impressive transitions, and major improvements to our record to disk options. This resulted in not only improvements on air, but a big boost for our RSS feed subscribers. I'd been talking to one of my good friends about my time on the show and how great it was, and I also mentioned to her that Robbie might be looking for a new co-host because I was leaving. Um, she was interested, but unfortunately wasn't able to at that time, but a couple months later, she became available, and um, contact was made, and on June 19th, 2010, having never met Robbie, Hillary Rumble showed up in studio, met Robbie and Christy, and joined them on air for the first time ever. Um, in order to expand the studio once again, Robbie had to set up a newsroom area, and the show began including weekly tech news, um, which we still do today. And Christy Burton fit naturally into the newsroom position, having been a news anchor actually for many years. And so Hillary then took on the co-host desk after that time. So Hillary, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, what do you want to know? Well, I know everybody in the chat room is wondering, you know, how'd you get here? Who do you know? I, Who's your inside ooh. contact? Well, actually, Carrie Webb and I, we're tight. We go way back. And um, 
yeah, the opportunity arose and I'm so excited to be here because I need to become more tech savvy. And this is a place to learn. So that's why I'm here. And um, even though I know you all probably miss Carrie terribly, um, I'm here. And hopefully I can do a good job <laughs> filling in her shoes. So yeah, yeah. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. I'm super excited. Still on the show today, Hillary Rumble is actually the longest running co-host, being part of the team for 178 weeks and counting. We've had an amazing time over the last 300 episodes, but it hasn't been without its bumps. In fact, um, it was Monday, April 12, 2010, when Robbie received a call to notify him that the studio had actually been robbed. Um, an unknown person smashed down the glass door and grabbed cameras, um, the co-host laptop, uh, and an assortment of other electronic devices that could be easily grabbed and made off with. But despite this, we were able to pull it together for the show that was the next day. Episode 134 went live. While Robbie was at work yesterday, he was called home early when it was discovered that someone had smashed the patio door leading to the Category 5 TV studio and made off with some equipment. The thief was easily able to wrap up Hillary's laptop along with one of our two DV cameras and a few lesser items. Forensic experts from the Barrie Police Department were unable to establish solid evidence as to who the criminal was and it's not expected the hardware will be recovered. Fortunately, no one was home at the time and the cat hid himself under a bed. A fund has been set up to allow able viewers to show their support in helping replenish what was lost. And we thank you sincerely for your support. To find out more, please visit our website at www.category5.tv. For those who are unable to show support through this financially, we want you to know that we appreciate your loyal viewership and for standing by us with your thoughts and prayers. In Robbie's words, is read from the Category 5.tv. TV, the show must go on. <laughs> After announcing the robbery, it was amazing to see how the viewers responded, and they actually were able to uh, provide donations, enabling Robbie to replace all of the stolen material. In fact, um, the laptop, the co-host laptop that Robbie was able to purchase is actually still used on the set today and it serves as a reminder not only um, to see what the show has come through but also to show that this is not just a TV show it's actually a community that responds when there's a need um, and a piece of the tripod that was broken when one of the thieves entered in is um, keeping Robbie's window closed in the studio. And again, that serves as a little piece of history and a little reminder of what we've come through and what the community is all about. Um, and having all of that had happened, we still did not miss a single episode. So it's always hard to say goodbye to a co-host. Um, but we had to say farewell to Christy Burton, and it was on July 13th, 2010, during episode 147. She got a new job working um, at a radio station just out of town. And a month later, Hillary stepped down temporarily to go to school for a program in broadcast journalism. Apparently, the admissions uh, officer saw her on Category 5 and then gave her a recommendation. You got accepted at school? I was. It's a broadcast journalism program. Cool. Um, 
partially accepted because of my efforts on this show, actually. Isn't that fantastic? One of the... Um, we got we to gotta block all the schools from being able to watch <laughs> our co-hosts. Well, they looked me up or whatever and were checking out some of my stuff and then right. saw me on here and uh, one of the admissions officer was like, oh... I saw your St. Patrick's Day episode, and I was like, oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, anyways, so I will be doing that for a few months. That's, so. that's exciting, though. That's cool. Yeah. Now, is, is journalism something that you've wanted to be into? And yeah, for a while now. I'm I kind of um, jack-of-all-trades, master of none, but uh, journalism was definitely one of my areas of interest. Yeah. So going to pursue it a little further and cool. see what happens. And this is, I think, Category 5 is a very cool launch pad. So luckily, Robbie had met a guy through work who not only was experienced when it came to tech, but also was a really fun guy to hang around with. Um, they became friends, and when Robbie mentioned that he was in need of a co-host, uh, he was willing to step in. And in Season 3 on September 7th, 2010, we welcomed Eric Kidd to the show, who is still part of the team today. Eric has uh, expressed something quite interesting uh -oh. in that you've never used a chat room. No, I'm kind of a... A chat room noob. Yeah. Everybody flood. Freak them <laughs> out. So, LOL is, uh, is laugh out loud. That gets you started. No, 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 I got that. Okay. I'm going to leave some of the other ones I know out. Have you used uh, ICQ? Evermind is wondering. No, MSN? I said... I, I, no. Uh, no. AOL Instant Messenger? Yahoo? <laughs> Any of these? Eric is indeed busted. No. There you have it. So, if... Questions are streaming by in the chat room. Forgive us. Say Robbie F. or Eric Kidd, and uh, hopefully one of us will catch you. <laughs> What's the command to slap someone with a trout? Okay, Gadget Wisdom Guru. I was like, how do you know about that? That is an old IRC. If you ever hear somebody slaps somebody with a trout, that was MIRC. It's a brilliant application back in the early days of IRC. My goodness but you can actually right-click on a name and go slap with a trout. I wasn't too scared until you started throwing fish around. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> He's lost in the chat. I am it's fine. I'm terrified. So working as a full-time programmer at this point, Robbie worked with uh, graphic designer Krista Wells. Um, they collaborated on some client projects together. Um, Krista would do the designs, and Robbie would code the back end. Later, it was actually Krista who designed the Category 5 logo. Uh, as what it is today and halfway through season four on March 8th 2011 she joined Robbie on air um, for what she thought was going to be a one-time thing that sounds familiar um, Robbie asked her to do a tutorial with him about web design I want to put some links down here so I'm just going to steal my main navigation items and rename them okay so could you group those and just re and just Oh, okay, I see what you're doing. So you're using the, you're creating a sub-link, like sub -menu. Yeah. So um, this isn't a duplicate at the top. Something, I guess, as a designer that I kind of like to do is when we have a smaller client, I like um, to make their websites look a little bit bigger than they actually are. Mm. So if they only have three pages, um, sometimes it's nicer to look right. like they're a bigger company or have more going on. They might not on. have a lot of text, too, right? So, exactly. So even though the links aren't going to separate pages, um, we add additional links on there to say something a little bit different. Maybe it tweaks someone's interest in a different way, and then they end up on the same page that's in our main navigation up here anyways. Okay. 
That initial tutorial received an amazing response and even drew a, a new group of viewers. And that led Robbie to call Krista back and ask if she would return on the show. So what was supposed to be um, a one-time feature actually developed into a 12-part series on web, web, de web development. Sorry, And uh, Krista had a great time being part of Category 5, so much that she showed up for 17 consecutive weeks. Um, Krista is another long-standing co-host co now and is still part of the Category 5 team on the show. Uh, in April 2011, Rebecca Black's song Friday went viral, and the Season 5 crew thought it'd be fun if they did a parody of the song, um, which aired April 12th, 2011. Let's check it out. Yeah, it's time for Category 5 TV. first time I saw that video um, and I can't believe that was actually two years ago 2011 it went by so quickly this is category 5 technology TV thank you for joining us for our 300th episode uh, our website is www.category5.tv please check it out and bookmark it after the show and I'm your host for this evening Carrie Webb it's been a pleasure being here with you walking down memory lane well, season five was all about growth and expansion. Uh, we signed a syndication deal uh, in New York, uh, built a syndication system into mainland China, and broke through the 100,000 viewers per episode mark. To further grow the team in season five, Robbie invited artist Rachel Shu to show off some of her Photoshop techniques. And um, we introduced her with a demonstration of some texturing techniques on episode 213, which aired live on April 18th, 2011. 
while you're changing layers, I'm just going to bring up the GIMP again and just see I've got the eraser tool here. I've got the brush tool here to change to a feathered edge brush, just like you did on, on Photoshop. And then I'll zoom in with the plus key, which is shift and plus. And I'm going to do the same thing in the GIMP, okay? So I can do that. And then I've got my dodge tool over here. So I've got. it seems that I've got all the same tools that, that you have in Photoshop. So this is good. Mm-hmm. It's a battle to the death. <laughs> to the death. All right. Here we are back in Photoshop CS4. All right. So then all I do with the dodge tool is I take areas that were here, if I hide this, that were lighter before and maybe have just become a bit muted. I would take that on the texture layer and just... Um, the highlights, just brighten them up a bit to make the old nice. colors pop again. And after you've done everything you want to lighten up in that area, then you can go to um, the Burn tool, which this is a different version of Photoshop than I have normally. It's under the Dodge tool. Does CS4 have... It must have if you hold in... I think CS4 if you hold. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we Here's go. the okay. burn tool. And then the same thing on the shadows. You can just pick up a bit more. And again, you would do the entire picture this way. And so I have Very cool. it already done here a bit. Very cool. So the, the graininess is just going to give us that. It really gives that uh, flesh kind of almost, um, what would you call it, like blemishes. Yeah, because so very few things have perfectly smooth skin, so that's that. Very few things. <laughs> Ooh, shiny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so by now we are starting to have some flexibility with co-hosts, and rather than committing to uh, being there every Tuesday night, uh, we rotated through different co-hosts. This introduced some new dynamics into the show and also helped ease Robbie's load on weeks when a co-host couldn't make it in. And we continued to grow our team, and it continues to grow. Uh, next to join the fun was actually Erica, Erica Lalonde, a high school intern to get, who was looking to gain some experience in broadcasting. Well, it's nice to have you here. Um, mm -hmm. We uh, we always have a call for postcards, and we love to receive oh, yes. your postcards. Well, this go. postcard's actually from Afghanistan, and um, it says, Hello, Robbie and Cass. This is Specialist Philip Giero uh, um, and the soldiers from the 236 Engineer Company, and we wish to thank you for your hard work and dedication. We especially enjoy the photo manipulation series, and we're also using the also, thanks for the MP4 RSS tip. And cool. at the bottom, I have no clue what this says. Like, I don't know if anyone can somehow oh, look at stamped, this. They've stamped they, over yes, top of the words. Yes, they stamped eh? over top. And, you know, I would love to read that last little blurb, but I don't know. So, appropriately for her first episode, we did a feature giving a tour of Studio B. Uh, and also explained how some of the technologies work together to bring the show together. Using the analogy of the uh, image in your image editor, think about something that's this big, and instead of resizing it, think about cropping it, creating a canvas that's this big, and being able to move it around that bigger image. So you're still not losing any quality, it's still this big as far as the image is concerned, but you're able to move around and look like you're zooming in on that image. Check this out. So now I have 
if I go to sources, source settings, go to the Robbie camera, you'll see I have a source that is 1080p. So that's a full 1080. And I have a canvas that is only 720p. So now you see that the camera is actually very, very close to me. So here's what's really cool. You can see that, for example, my chin is kind of a little bit too low. There's too much room up here above my head. So I'm going to bring up that shot, and I can, in fact, move that shot around the screen losslessly. That means I'm not losing any quality, and I can do that. So now if I duplicate that shot, I've got two of them now. I'm going to rename this one Main Camera. And the reason that I duplicated that is because now I have one that's already zoomed in at 720p from a 1080p source. I'm going to select my main camera. There it is. And you'll see that now with my main camera zoomed in like that, I can move like that or I can move like that. So let's start with me. There's me. Okay, duplicate it again. Bring up that shot and move it over to my co-host chair. So if I click to enable smooth transitions on my shots here, uh, then you'll see that what I can do is take the shot from me, click on the next one, and it automatically pans over to the uh, person who's sitting next to me. So recently that clip was named one of the best demonstrations of the advanced features of Telestream Wirecast by Telestream themselves. Having completed high school, Erica chose to stick with us and is still a valuable member of our team. Being a full-time programmer, Robbie sits at a computer a lot, and his back pain and arm pain were becoming a little too much to handle. So he was actually diagnosed with having ulnar nerve entrapment, um, which was causing some issues with his, with his ability to use a keyboard and a mouse, and he was becoming nervous that he wouldn't be able to continue working uh, in the same capacity uh, based on the path that they were going. So one night in 2012, his wife Becca um, attended a conference at which a speaker was an experienced Gonstead chiropractor, um, speaking of the healing power in correcting cervical sublux subluxations. So Becca brought home some of the information from the conference about this chiropractor in hopes that uh, she might discover an answer to the pain that Robbie was experiencing. So Robbie decided to go to the clinic for an assessment and began treatment, which practically healed him of the issues that he was experiencing. Um, along the way, he got to know the lady at the front desk, who incidentally had spoken to Becca at the conference, and this lady was none other than Sasha Dermatis. So on September 4th, 2012, Sasha made her debut and uh, learned to control a computer with her face. Assisted calibration, left and right. Keep looking at the screen, oh, yeah. though. Don't stop looking at the screen. That's hard. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, up and down. So I, I think of, you know, if so look at the movement that Sasha's doing and consider she's not having to move her upper body at all. So this is all neck and head, which is, you know, for somebody who needs, okay, look, you've got mouse control now. It's tricky. Try to get over to okay. Sensitive. Oh, you timed out. Oh. oh if this was a game, I win. <laughs> Try That's again. tough stuff. Okay. Oh, okay, there you go. So you've got mouse pointer. And it's, right. and it's actually following your head, yeah. But you can, you can sense that it, mm -hmm. if, you, if you get used to it, it's actually functional. This, again, is called Enable Via Cam. It's available. It's a free download, cat5.tv slash 
Camera Mouse. It's available uh, definitely on Windows and Linux. Not sure if you can compile the source for Mac or not, but definitely Windows and Linux. You'll be able to do this. Now, if you ho hover over Disable Motion, you'll be able to actually... I can't. I don't know. You just kind of stop moving, and then it stops the mouse, and then it clicks if you wait for five seconds. Yeah, that's That looks good. There. You did it. Nice. You clicked on your first... It was the massive button. Like, it was the biggest <laughs> button on the screen. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks. By the way, I clicked on applications. I even got G-edited up. It was you have amazing. a bigger head than I have. <laughs> oh. um, on September 25th, 2012, we again moved to a local venue where we celebrated our fifth anniversary show um, with a live in-studio audience. This time, things looked a lot different, and uh, Robbie was not only accompanied by one co-host, but many, including Hillary Rumble, Krista Wells... Eric Kitt, Sasha Dermatis, uh, as well as the longtime image voice of Category 5, who is Jody Krangle. In October of 2012, Abigail Smith, uh, who's actually now Abigail Page since her wedding a few weeks ago, called Robbie up and asked if he had any space available for another co-host. Since Rachel Shue was taking a leave from the show at that time, there was an opening, and that's when Abigail became the next member of our team. Um, I'm going to bring up your bio here on our website, category5.tv. Uh, we are going to skip right to the end here and just kind of ask a couple of questions just to get to know you a little bit better. For one thing, okay, so you don't like spiders. Understood. Nope. That's why I brought out the tarantulas. Um, <laughs> you tore a ligament. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, very You're heroic. a horseback rider, so of course. Yeah, you know. She was vaulting Olympic jumping, you know, yeah, vaulting, doing all the fun stuff. Must no, have amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, it was in math class, actually, in grade nine. Um, the teacher's like, Abby, can you close the door? And I was like, okay. So I stood up, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm like, fall down. down yeah. In agony? <laughs> yeah. My wow. knee stood on it weird and just couldn't walk for like three days. So, you know, Ouch. pretty cool. How did cool. the class react? They didn't really notice. They just uh, kind of heard me like crash, and they're oh, just kind of like, what's going on? But, Teens. Yeah. So uncaring. Yeah. Gearing up for her wedding in May, uh, we were able to have some fun building a photo booth that was to be used at her reception. Uh, it was built on air for the viewers to enjoy. And now here we are, episode 300. You may be watching from Vancouver, Bucharest, Slough, Jerusalem, Madrid, or San Francisco, um, for any part of the globe. Wherever you're watching from, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and thank you for helping make Category 5 TV what it is today, a community of more than half a million viewers from all over the world. So if you appreciate what we do here on Category 5 TV, please consider making a contribution by visiting cat5.tv slash c. Um, we're a team of volunteers, and it's your contribution that helps to make this grow and to make the show better and better. It has been a pleasure being part of this special. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for the last hour. And if you have any questions or comments, please visit cat5.tv slash ask and fill out the form because we would love to hear from you. So here's to episode 300 and hopefully many, many more. I'm your host, Carrie Webb, and thanks for tuning in.